All right, there we go. Aren't you glad he's alive? Aren't you glad that Jesus came back to make all things new again? If you got your Bibles in your car with you today, or if your Bible's at home with you, I want to read the familiar story in Matthew chapter 28, in verses 1 through 10 of the resurrection story, but I want to take my message from a different verse this morning. But I want to set the stage by reading the story with you this morning, so here we go. In Matthew's Gospel, starting in verse 1, says, In the beginning of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of his keepers did speak and became as dead men. And the angels answered and said unto the woman, Fear not, for I know that you seek Jesus which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, Come and see the place where he, the Lord laid. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell the disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail! And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go and tell the brethren that they go into Galilee, and there they shall see me. Today I want to talk to you about what does the empty tomb mean to you today? You know, we talk about the fact that the resurrection for 2,000 plus years has been the story. But what does the empty tomb mean to you today? As I stand here this morning wondering what has happened to this special day in America, the truth is that we have been invaded. Not by a virus, not by terrorist organization, or by a foreign nation, but rather by a bunny. A bunny has invaded us, and the meaning of Jesus' resurrection has become a little fuzzy over time. Today, Easter is more about bunny rabbits who lay decorative eggs in what we have, than we've uh, been bothered with. How does they, they get a bunny to lay an egg anyways? I don't know. But here's what I do know. The truth of the Easter story is not about an Easter bunny. It's not about Easter eggs. It's about a Savior who died on a cross for us and rose again. Whatever happened to the day where we celebrated Jesus' resurrection? You know, the whole coming back from the dead thing, the whole Jesus died upon a cross and on the third day He rose again. Look at what the angel said here to us this morning over 2,000 years ago. He's not here He's alive. He is alive. Even today, He is alive and sitting on the throne. Nothing can stop that. On this Sunday, the early church would greet one another with this statement, Christ is risen. And the response from the brethren would be, He is risen indeed. However, today, such a greeting is hardly ever heard. Rather, it is Happy Easter. And I have to admit that I'm guilty of it myself, saying the same thing because it has become ingrained in us over the years. 
The problem is that most people won't believe the resurrection, but that they will believe an Easter that has no connection with an empty tomb and a miracle of the resurrection. The real reason we celebrate this day is that Jesus Christ was crucified and died upon the cross. His body was laid in the tomb for three days. After that, He rose from the dead and is alive. The resurrection miracle is Jesus triumphal uh, over death. The tomb is empty. Jesus is alive. This is why we gather to celebrate every Sunday. The truth of the matter is, this Sunday is only the Sunday that sets them all apart. The fact is that every Sunday is a Resurrection Sunday. We celebrate every Sunday that our Lord lives. And because He lives, we can live. The Resurrection, that triumph over death, that miracle over a death to life. The message of the early church was the message that Jesus rose from the grave. That is the same message that needs to be preached today. The Apostle Paul summed up his message in his letter to the Roman church. And here's where I want to take my sermon from this morning. Romans chapter 6 and verse 4. And listen to what the words that the Apostle Paul said. Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so also should we walk in the newness of life. So what does the empty tomb mean to you today? Paul speaks of two essential truths of Easter, and I want to look at those. My friends, what this message says today is that there are truths that we need to accept. There is a decision that needs to be made in every heart and every life. First of all, Easter. The message of Easter says that Christ rose from the dead. Christ was raised up from the dead, Paul said. Some may question the word truth. Is the resurrection a fact? Did Jesus die and rise from the dead? Some say it's stipulation. Some say it's a theory, but not truth. I tell you that it is not stipulation. It is not true. Uh, uh, theory, it is absolute truth. What I'd like to point out is the, 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 at this juncture is that the entire New Testament of the, uh, of the Scripture that is written about the resurrection never debated the fact that the disciples said Jesus rose from the grave. Wouldn't you think that, that if that was a problem, if that was an issue, that they would come to the place of recognizing and sharing together that Jesus didn't really rise from the grave? But the truth was that the New Testament reminds us that not one person had a problem with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It wasn't until those who wanted to debunk it that there was any question. But the disciples, those that saw Him, they all came to the defense of the gospel. Both friend and foe accepted it as fact. If they had been some questions concerning the truth of these statements, they would have easily gone by and produced the fact or produced the body. Or at least they would have become some evidence of untruth. So let's look at the testimony of others. Down through the ages, there has been testimony after testimony after testimony of the fact of the risen Savior. 
I want to begin as we look at Luke chapter 24 in verses 13 through 35. I don't have time to read the scripture today, but here's what I want you to hear from this. And he says in verse 24, or chapter 24, verse 34, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, has appeared unto Simon. Jesus rose from the dead. Today, however, this is a highly disputed topic. And most people tend to, uh, to uh, debate it, even though they really haven't ever taken the time to look into it. People today doubt not because of the evidence, but because they have never taken the time to investigate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, most people do what, the, uh, when they come to the cross in the empty tomb, they come with an empty mind and an empty heart. They've got their mind already made up. Their heart is already settled on, I don't want anything to do with this risen Savior, so I won't believe in Him. But my friends, I tell you that if you come to Jesus and you look to Him with an open heart and an open mind, the Spirit of God will fill you with the evidence of His resurrection in His life. One attorney long ago said it like this, I am convinced that Jesus really did raise from the dead. But I know, am no nearer to becoming a Christian than I was before. I thought that the difficulty was in my head. But I've come to find out the problem is really in my heart. However, I believe if you and I will come with an open mind and open our heart to Jesus, not only will He fill you with His Spirit, but He will give you the evidence and the assurance of His resurrection and the fact that He is alive today, seated on the right hand of the Father. Let's take another example. All the way back into the 18th century, a theologian by the name of Gilbert West, who boasted that he would reveal the complete impossibility of the resurrection. But after much investigation, after much looking into it, he began to realize that that was not the case at all. And this is what he said. As I studied the evidence of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and have weighed it according to the laws of evidence, I have become satisfied that Jesus really rose from the dead as recorded in all of the Gospels. Then there is the te testimony of Simon Greenleaf. Greenleaf was a distinguished law professor at the Harvard University School of Law. The London Law Magazine called him one of the most highly esteemed legal authorities of the 20th century. Mr. Greenleaf had also made a thorough study of the evidence of the death and resurrection of Jesus and endorsed the truth of the resurrection and wrote several books on the account of the evidence of the resurrection. This leads me to the third witness that we look at in the past. Michael Green, a British theologian who said, the appearance of Jesus are, are well authenticated as anything is antiquity. There it can be no rational doubt that they occurred and that the main reason why Christians become sure of the resurrection is the earliest days was this. They could say with assurance, we have seen the Lord. They knew it was Him. The proof and the evidence of all there 
And there's no conclusion than that Jesus died and that Jesus rose on the third day. He is risen. He is alive. Listen, my friends. Some might ask you, how do you know that Jesus is alive? I know that He lives. I know that He lives because He lives within my heart. I know that He does. So when we come together to celebrate this resurrection, any resurrection Sunday, we are celebrating the promise that God's peace and the pardon that He gives to everyone who will put their faith and trust in Jesus. And it says that if thou shalt confess, the Apostle Paul in Romans 10 verses 9 and 10 says that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, then thou shalt be saved. For the heart believeth unto salvation, or righteousness in the mouth is confession is made unto salvation. The reality, however, is this. Then when we come together, our thoughts are on other things other than the resurrection. So often when we gather in church, we're thinking about what are we going to have for Sunday lunch? We're thinking about what time are we going to be out of here? What are we going to do after? I think that one thing this coronavirus has done for us as the church is caused us to recognize that we need to put our focus back on Jesus. And we need to recognize that we need to say, it is not about me. It is all about Him. And my friends, it's time that we recognize that Jesus died on the cross, not so that we could come in to church and hurriedly get through the message so we could go on with our day, but that we could celebrate He's alive. And because He's alive, He is the master and authority of my life. And He leads me and He guides me and He directs me every day. For the sake of our very soul, we need to believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because if we don't, our eternal salvation is in trouble but then there is the testimony of the disciples I want to pick one that we're so familiar with so that we don't have to spend all afternoon here the testimony of our disciples found in John chapter 20 we find that uh, just for a minute consider Thomas one of the Jesus's disciples who is better known as doubting Thomas this uncertainty ruled in his life when the other disciples told him of the miracle of the resurrection, he doubted the truth and said, Except I shall see in his hands the prince of the nails and put my finger in his side, then I will not believe. Eight days after the resurrection, Jesus appeared to the disciples in the room and he showed Thomas that his hands the nail prints. And he said, Thomas, thrust your hand into my side where the spear pierced me. And Jesus said unto him, Be not faithless, be not unbelieving. To which Thomas cried out, My Lord and my God, this may be the greatest evidence of the resurrection that we have known. Because Thomas was a Jewish man. And according to Jewish custom, they could not call anyone God except for Jehovah God. And yet here in this very prime, Thomas says, I no longer doubt. I know that you are God. And because you're God, you died and now you rose again. You are alive. 
I am thankful for the witness of Thomas who gave us these wonderful words. Jesus is risen. Jesus is alive. We come to the blessing and see in the second statement made by the Apostle Paul the second truth about Easter. First, we find the truth that he says, Jesus rose again. Church, we're here today because Jesus rose again. I want you to take your attention back to that song, New Again. That beautiful message that's in that song reminds us that not only is he risen again, but because he's risen again, you and I have newness of life. The second thing that I want you to see this morning is that Easter gives us a new life for those who will believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 6, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. When Jesus rose from the dead, an entirely new era of time dawned upon the world and human race. It was an era where those who will believe need no longer cringe even though, though many uh, glibly deny the existence of God and ridicule the existence of heaven and hell. And the truth is that inwardly they know that judgment is coming upon them someday because they have denied the fact of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yet those with resurrection faith like you here today need not to fear death and the grave anymore. Because the resurrection of Jesus Christ uh, is our Heavenly Father's divine guarantee that every person that puts their faith in Jesus is one day going to be ushered out of this whole world. And we're going to not suffer death, but live forever and ever and ever. Can I get an amen? Give me a, a horn. Amen. My friends, death therefore is not something to be feared, but to believe. Rather, it is something to be grasped because the promise of God is, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. My friends, the promise of new life is one for all who put their faith in Jesus Christ. The resurrection is a guarantee that all of Jesus' promises will be fulfilled. Listen to one of these most gracious promises given by the Lord Jesus Christ at the time when He was raising Lazarus from the dead. In John's Gospel, in chapter 11, verses 25 and 26, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believeth thou this? I do. I hope you do. I believe that one day I'm going to be ushered through the portals of death or, 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 or the rapture, but I'm not going to be dead. I'm going to be more alive than I ever was to begin with. Yet the newness of life is not just a future destiny, my friends. It is beyond the grave, but also it is for the present life. It is for now. It is for you and I to live for Jesus now. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, Paul said, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. 
My friends, I want you to know that Jesus Christ has given you new life today, not for some other day, but for this very day. Live as if you are a new person in Jesus Christ. They're going to cover me up here with a, a canopy. All right. Very good. The resurrection promises us that Jesus gives eternal life to all who believe. My friends, I encourage you. I, I beg of you. Look to the empty tomb today. See that Jesus is alive. That He's not there. That He needs not to recognize a, a, a grave, but recognize an empty tomb. Because Jesus lived... Paul said, all who will believe in Him will live with Him. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 8, We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. I thank the Lord that one day we will all be able to say that. But I thank the Lord every time that I am at the bedside of a, uh, of a saint and, and they're struggling with this life. I'm thankful that I can say to them, hang on, dear brother. Hang on, dear sister. Because there's a promise that God has made unto us. That rather to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Hang on, dear sister. Hang on, dear brother. You will be with your loved one one day. You will reunite with them and with Jesus because He has risen. He's no longer in the tomb, but He has risen and He's alive and mighty to save. So I ask you this morning, what does the empty tomb say to you? What does it mean for you? Either nothing or everything. Now let me ask that question again. What does the empty tomb mean for you? Either everything or nothing. It means everything to those who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ. It means that I have the promise of eternal life. It means that I have the hope that one day I will see Jesus face to face. One day I will see the nail-scarred hands. I will see what He paid for my sin. One day I will be in the presence of God my Lord. One day I will no longer face the, the battles of sin, but will be set free from the torment of this flesh. Or for those who refuse to believe, it means nothing. But listen, my friends, the truth is that it means something. If you choose to believe not in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, if you will say, I refuse to believe, I will not believe. My friends, one day the Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that He, Jesus, is Lord. My friends, one day you will have to I tell you the truth, Resurrection Sunday is all about Jesus giving us a new opportunity to receive Him as Savior. So I tell you today, come to the tomb with an open mind, with an open heart. Look inside. Hear the words of the angels. He's not here. He has risen. See the grave cloth laying there, neatly folded. See the fact that His body is nowhere to be found. My friends, Jesus is risen from the grave.
if today you have never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, what greater opportunity could there be, would there be, should there be for you to accept Jesus Christ on this Resurrection Sunday? You say, Pastor, how do I do that? I tell you, my friends, you simply just confess that you have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Paul said, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible tells us that you and I deserve the judgment of God. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. My friends, the Bible tells us that if we will confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, God has raised Him from the dead. If we, with a, with a heart, man believeth unto righteousness, and with a mouth, confession is made unto salvation. My friends, would you ask Jesus to be your Savior? Here's a prayer that you can pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I confess that I have sinned and fallen short of your glory. I confess that I cannot receive salvation in anything that I do. I come to the empty tomb today. I come because of the cross. I come because of my Savior. And Lord, it is because of you today that I give my heart and life to you. Lord, I ask that you would receive me as one of your children. Cleanse me from my sin and welcome me into the family. And today, from this day forward, I will live my life for you. I ask it in Jesus' name. And then simply say, Amen and Amen. For those of you that are, are, are born again, those of you that are here today and you're here to celebrate the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have so much to praise the Lord for. So let your praise be heard. May the word that we speak, may the world hear us proclaim, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Would you just let the world know that Christ has risen? Let the Lord... There you go. You know, we may not be able to scream and holler amen like we do when we're excited in the church building, but by golly, we found a way to let the world know today. Now as you're going out into the world, it is, my friends, I ask you today, don't just leave today and go back to business as usual. Recognize that you're serving a risen Savior who is sitting on the throne. He is ruling our lives and our hearts every day, all day, throughout the day. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for the opportunity today to lift my voice before you, to give you praise and honor and glory. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would take the words from Scripture today. I pray that you would imprint them upon our lips and upon our hearts. And I pray that, Father, that you would change us, O Lord. Cause us, O Lord, to be lifted up and glorified today. May you be praised and honored and glorified. The church is still the church, even if we have to meet on the outside and not on the inside. We are still the church of, uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is a alive and seated at the right hand of the Father. Lord, I pray today, Lord, take the message of the resurrection and let it spread across the world and may Jesus Christ be lifted up and glorified for we praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. We are a winner either way because our Savior loves us. 
and he came and he died for us. But he didn't just die, my friends. He rose again so that we could have newness of life. I'm thankful for the salvation that we have in Jesus. If by chance you have made any kind of decision this week for Jesus, would you do me the favor of calling our church at 336-246-2012? Or would you email me personally at Pastor Steve at midwaybaptistnc.org? And I promise you we will get back to you. We will give you material to help you walk in your relationship with Christ. We will share with you how to continue to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. May God bless you on this Resurrection Sunday, and may the Spirit of the Lord go with you. Amen.